0: Welcome, everyone. It's a good day to be in God's Word. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. Let me encourage you to learn more about the work that we're doing all around the world. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org, or to learn about our Missions Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. There, you can also find a radio archive of these messages and an archive of full-length messages as well. Just before the last meal that the Lord Jesus held with His disciples, He shared with them a teaching time on the last days. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 24-25. and He began by telling them of all the challenges that they were going to face, trials that would demand endurance on their part, challenges that are still to be expected in our lives as well, false messiahs, false teachers, wars, rumors of wars, Nations set against one another, famines, disease, earthquakes, and then tribulation and persecution of the believer, and people abandoning the faith, and loveless individuals driving their societies into lawlessness. This was the world they were going to carry out their mission in. It's the same world that we carry out our mission in, and it calls from us endurance. But then Jesus told them that out of that adversity would come victory. The gospel we're called to proclaim is going to go to the ends of the earth before Jesus returns again. So if you want to be with the winning program, don't decide outcomes by the adversity. Decide it by the promises of God to those who are faithful and to those who endure. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, who was his hope, answered and said to him this day, this day, This day, you'll be with me in paradise. When Jesus is your hope, you speak mostly of him in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your difficulties. When Jesus is your true hope and the true hope of your life, he's the one you talk about the most at funerals. He's the one you honor. It's his hope, his truth, that truth that you want to signify and declare above everything else because that's where your hope lies. You might talk about the other individual. You might talk about the person that's gone before you, but only as a springboard to this greater truth, a greater wonder. Your hope, your hope is in Christ. It's in Him. What you hope in is what you talk about in the midst of your suffering and pain. There is nothing sadder and more miserable than a person who meets suffering without any hope. There's nothing more pathetic than a person that meets suffering with a false hope. But there's nothing more glorious and wonderful and no pronouncement more strong and more powerful than a person who meets suffering with a living hope. And our hope is in Jesus Christ, in his gospel, in his life, in our place. And so it's in the middle of suffering that God accentuates the glory of our hope before a world. Here's a third thing. Our suffering... Enduring a strange world brings us into deeper identity with the Lord Jesus who left glory to come and serve others. In other words, as we suffer, the Lord Jesus brings us into his own life and his own mindset. You might remember that the Lord Jesus said that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul declares the nature of the ministry. He says, I'm poured out like a drink offering. He's following in the train of Jesus Christ. And he lists all the ways in which he suffers as he pours out his life in service And what we notice in all of it, underscored in all of it, is an expression of the life of Jesus Christ. And it's as we go through suffering and difficulty, gladly and submissively before the Lord, enduring these things in hope, that we bring before others this confidence or this trust or this experience of the life of the Lord Jesus, and He's seen through us. He's seen through us in the midst of our sorrows. Take your Bible and go to John chapter 12 for a moment. Before going to the cross, Christ connects his cross with service, our service. He connects the cross to his own suffering and what he's about to endure, but he doesn't remain there just speaking about and alluding to his own suffering, but then he correlates it to our suffering, and as a result, the service in the midst of our suffering that we give that brings honor to him. John chapter 12, verses 23 through 26. Again, this in the last week of our Lord's life before he went to the cross. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Glorified in what? In his suffering at the cross. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies... It produces much fruit. It's in this suffering and this death that he's going to unleash this tremendous fruitfulness through his ministry. That's Christ describing what's before him. I'm the grain of wheat that's going to fall into the ground and die, but I'm going to produce much fruit. But now he correlates it to our lives as well, a pattern for us to live. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. It's only a few verses after this that the Lord Jesus will say, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And John adds that he spoke of this to refer to the death that he was going to die. But we recognize that Jesus is not simply signifying the death that he's going to die, but the means by which his life is lifted up before others. It's lifted up before others in suffering service. It's lifted up before others in our willingness to suffer and continue to serve along with him in the midst of our suffering. Suffering has the ability to turn us away if we receive it the right way. We do it for Christ's sake and for his honor and for his glory. It has the ability to turn us away from ourselves towards others. Towards others. We're not saved by our suffering. But we can be And we are to expect to be made more fruitful in the midst of our suffering if we consecrate it to Christ and suffer with Him and for Him. Here's a fourth thing. We are calling people to faith. And it is suffering and enduring in the midst of suffering that turns our faith away from ourselves, away from others, away from human society, and to God alone. Oftentimes we countered on all kinds of other things. And what suffering really does is it strips away the points of confidence in our life. We have confidence in our own physical abilities and our own physical powers, and God lets that get stripped away from us. We have confidence in some friend or some people that are going to be there for us and always have our back. They're not there for us. They betray us and they leave us, and that's suffering. We have confidence that our system of government, which is the greatest the world has ever known, will back us up and lead us onward into victory, and all of a sudden it gets rattled and shaken, and it seems to be dissipating and disappearing and suffering. God strips these things away to teach us and instruct us to lean on Him alone and to rest on Him alone and to place our faith in Him. And what does that do? That only enhances our message because our message is faith. Faith in Christ only. Faith in what He's accomplished And not what any man or what you can accomplish for yourself. Isaac Watts has his famous hymn, Am I a Soldier of the Cross? And he asked the question, is this vile world a friend of grace to lead me on to God? And the answer is yes. This vile world is a friend of grace to lead us on to God. Not only that, it's a friend of grace to lead others on to God as well. As we learn to turn away from our trust and our hopes in this age and in this world in the midst of our suffering, to look to God and trust in Him and believe that He is the ground and the foundation. And he's the, the height and the finish mark of everything that we can hope for and long for. Here's one last thing, fifth, very briefly. God uses our suffering to make us more and more holy like His Son, Jesus. Oh, it's difficult It's difficult to prevail in the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ if you're not like Jesus Christ. And so God refines us in the fires of suffering. And God disciplines us through the disciplines of suffering. And God prunes us for more fruitfulness in the midst of our sufferings. And he molds us and shapes us in the pressures of suffering so that we can be more and more conform to the image of his son more and more like him we become more and more convincing is our testimony of him it enhances our witness it enhances our witness that we might exalt Jesus Christ above everything else and suffering suffering puts us in a situation in a condition where that's possible so what i want you to see here is suffering and enduring Verse 13, those who endure to the end shall be saved. Suffering and enduring is what is the secret, you might say. It's a part of the formula that makes verse 14 true. This gospel shall be preached in all the nations, to all the world, and then he will come. Suffering and enduring aids us in presenting our Lord Jesus to others. He suffered for us and He suffered for them. He knows the pain of sin. He knows their sin. We lose our capacity to proclaim the suffering Savior if we ourselves... Are only seeking to avoid it. We proclaim a Savior and a God who hung on the cross and knows the sorrow and suffering of sin. And has had his darkness sink upon him on others' behalf. And when the Messiah comes to judge again all, he will bear in his hands the marks of his suffering. The Bible says they'll look upon him whom they've pierced. He'll always bear the marks of his suffering. What ultimately led Jesus into that suffering, what made it and opened him up to that suffering was that he loved the whole world. He loved. I think the one way that we try to, above everything else, protect ourselves from suffering is by withholding our love. We have to go through the age. We have to endure the age. We don't hold tightly onto the age. But we love those in it. We love those in it. And we allow ourselves in the midst of those things to act only, the Bible says, owe oh, no man anything but to love him. Paul tells us that. It's in the midst of that love that we open ourselves up to suffering. To suffering. But it's in that suffering of love that we give witness to Jesus Christ. It's God who knows our sin and sorrows and that saves us, who we trust in. Our sufferings, our enduring only brings us nearer and nearer to the one we proclaim who suffered in love. So we should praise him that he redeems the darkness of the age that's falling all around us to increase before this age the light of his cross and our message to the world. Praise God for that. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that the Spirit of Christ might come upon us. We've thought before these messages. We've considered how important it is to know the baptism of your Holy Spirit, bringing to us the enriched presence and power and life of the Lord Jesus. Baptized by the Spirit to brilliantly shine the life of Jesus in our world, to shine it in love and to shine it in the midst of great suffering. Lord, we pray that we would be willing, longing, even desiring like Paul to know Christ in the fellowship of his sufferings. To fill up, as Paul says, the sufferings of his Savior in order that Christ might be more clearly known in the world in which we live. God, we don't know what's happening before us. We don't know what the age is going to bring us. But here's one thing we want more than anything else. Let this be it. Not a concession to all the failure, not a concession to all the wrong, but let this be in our hearts. God, take us where you need to take us in order that we might more brilliantly shine the gospel to a lost and dying world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.